This is the Comedy Kiosk podcast by Monday and Munoz. Please welcome Monday and Munoz. Welcome to the Comedy Kiosk, a podcast in which we discuss news, opinions, and ideas about comedy. I'm David Munoz. And my name is Igor Mundy. And today's topic is called Standing on the Shoulders of Giants. This topic has come about because recently two comedians have passed away, one of each that Igor and I admire, one of them being Norm MacDonald, and the other one being... And the other one being Sean Locke. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, they've passed away. What got me thinking about the comedians that have passed away but who are huge influences on us and why so for example norm mcdonald uh he himself is comedy i'm not i wouldn't say i'm a huge fan of his stuff he was good but what i really admired about him was that he was different he, he did a whole different sort of style very kind of laconic delivery but at the same time you know he kind of mumbled and he went on different tangents when he discussed things but on the other hand, he was actually very critical. He really gave his opinions, but you just didn't really notice it that much. But sometimes he could smack you in the face with it. But he did it in such a jovial, sort of like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, we'll see. Sort of attitude that you didn't notice. I'm, I remember seeing him on The View. And he had all the ladies on that show, like, he was telling a shaggy dog story, which is basically a comedy joke which goes nowhere. That's the whole point. And he was just leading them around. You could see them, like, trying to follow his train of thought and the story he was telling and wondering, like, okay, where is this going? Where is this going? And he just kept going and going until they all started finally clicking in, like, He's going nowhere. He's just literally leading. And he was there chuckling to himself. Look at him like, I've got you all running around me right now. And he was just that way of like masterfully controlling them. And, you know, he was able to give these, um, his opinions though. Like for example, on SNL, he was in charge of this uh, news segment where they do the news update. He wasn't the original one who did it. I think Chevy Chase was the original one. He's kind of took over a little bit after that. But the whole idea is that when he did it, like, for example, when OJ was acquitted of murder, he literally went on air and he opened up with, well, OJ's been acquitted of murder. And so that means that murder is now legal in California. And it was like a smack in the face because the producers told him not to do it. And he still went ahead and did it. But because of the way he did it, it was like, fair enough. And he kept going. So even when he got into trouble, he just shrugged his shoulders and was like, whatever. So it was that fearlessness. It was that uniqueness. And I think that was... a. Uh, yeah, that was a that was great. You know, he showed a different way. Yeah, I I, I feel like that a lot of comics because uh, I follow a lot of comedians, kind of comedians on the circuit mm. and comedians I met while traveling and performing and stuff. Of course, I have them on Facebook and Instagram and so on. And I saw all of them uh, writing about Norm Macdonald and about his death and kind of showing some kind of appreciation and mm. you know like grief for his passing and things like this. I'll be honest with you, I've never heard of the guy until he died, but I'm a very, and you know, I, I know that uh, if there are some actual comedians listening to this podcast, maybe they will think, oh my God, what kind of comic are you that doesn't know other comics? But just there is this like whole generation, I think of especially American comics yeah. uh, that I've missed on because when I kind of joined the comedy world, let's call it like that, when I started watching stand-up and then performing and so on, it was already kind of, I would say comics that started doing it early 2000s. So yeah. none of those old like 70s, 80s, even 90s comics I've ever really followed or, or watched. Yeah. Uh, but and those are the ones that are dying 
nowadays. Yeah. It's like yeah. the guys or that have yeah. already passed away previously. But yeah. not only Nord McDonald, who who passed away literally maybe a week ago yeah. uh, before we recorded this episode, but also approximately a month ago or a few weeks ago, one of my personally favorite comics passed away as well, also from cancer, Sean Locke. Yeah. And this is more the, the type of comics that I follow and enjoy. He's, he was a British comic who was a lot on TV. He, Panel course, shows and stuff, right? Yeah, of course. He had like his stand-up specials as well. Yep. He had his live at the Apollo appearances and so on, but he was also a regular on a few kind of well-known and well-loved panel shows. And mm -hmm. I think also the fact that why so many people loved him and why so many people... Well, first of all, he was that kind of, you know, fighter till, till the end kind of guy. No one knew that he was suffering from cancer. He yeah, kept Norm appearing. did the exact same thing. Like, he didn't tell anyone, apparently. It came to a shock to yeah. almost everyone, even some family. Like, he was like, no, nope, don't want anyone to know. I think that's some kind of, I would say, responsibility that comes with the job. Because yeah, you want to make people laugh. You don't want to bum them out. And it's like, unless I can crack a good joke about me having cancer, I don't know. I can, I can, I, I, what's the point of telling people? Yeah. You know, I'm not going to make them laugh. <laughs> people see you as an entertainer. And then at the end of the day, if you drag that, because they didn't, you know, cancer didn't appear a few days before they passed. They yeah. dragged that illness for months or years before that. But, you know, making it public and letting people know would only make them kind of not see you. Like, if you do some kind of appearance on TV, performance or anything, they would just be like, oh, he's so brave performing. Yeah. They wouldn't see you as a, a comedian anymore, but more as like a victim or something, you know? Yes. So I think that uh, even some like uh, Chadwick Boseman and something, mm. or someone like actors also like hit it yeah. till the last moment because otherwise uh, they would even in the last few years maybe lose some opportunities to, to act, to perform, to Possibly, do what they love yeah. because people would be like, oh, don't strain yourself, you know, yeah. we uh, want you to rest and things like this. So Sean Locke also kept it uh, private until the last, until basically his, his passing. But, mm. and it, I was so shocked and so surprised by the influence it had on kind of, well, mostly British, but like media mm. and community and society and so on. I didn't understand that people really, 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 in a way, like respect and look up to comedians because it's some kind of very rare, I would say, role in a society of a person that you kind of don't even look at, oh, they might die one day because yeah. they're just there to make you feel better. And kind of make and they and comedians kind of their job is to distract you from life from, from the own, reality yeah, exactly from your own maybe struggles from yeah. your own challenges illnesses your own grief whatever yeah exactly so uh, you kind of don't even at moments you don't look at them as as people you look at them as comic relief right yeah, as yeah. as a way of forgetting about those real things but then that's why it, it hits you like a ton of bricks when mm. that happens and and one of such people who were the inspiration or the distraction or the joy you needed actually pass away. So yeah, yeah I can't relate that much to, to Norm passing, but I can say that Sean's situation and news actually caught me by surprise and I was very yeah. shook by it. And I actually, yeah, I, I thought about it as well and about, you know, how important it is that these people manage to actually leave a mark, yeah. that they will be missed to that extent by so many people. Yep. And that uh, there is that huge hole that they left in in I wouldn't say in people's lives, but just in general, in entertainment, mm. in 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 comedy culture, and because they really were unique in what they did, right? Yeah. And um, I feel like this is something that they're not the first ones. Obviously, they are the most recent ones that it happened yeah. with. But I remember when uh, Robin Williams passed away; yeah. it was the same kind of thing. I think with him, maybe that even hit me more. hard. That hit me really hard. 
and I know I never really been hit at all really by any celebrity dying you know it was like oh that's a shame like you know oh that musician has died or that actor has died I was always like oh yeah well that's life you know they had a good time and obviously they made the most of it I mean look at them if anything I was kind of envious like man to die but with having all those like achievements behind you like man that person had a great life that's awesome Robin Williams was the first one where I remember when I heard the news I actually stopped and I kind of went blank and and I kind of I think I even went a little bit white and and later on I reflected I'm like man it's the first time I've ever actually reacted to a celebrity's death in that way like I don't care they're celebrities who cares like whatever and his was the first one I think yeah, I found that very interesting. And even my sister was like, yeah, it was almost like you were losing a member of the family, almost like there. Yeah, it's, I think with him, for example, it was partially, it hit me pretty hard as well. But I think because he was such a big part of my childhood and stuff. Growing you know, up, movies, so, yeah, stand-up. And, and yeah. especially because he was that kind of, again like an entertainer, not yeah. just a stand-up comic who you see only on stage, but he was in so many, like, family movies, uh, yeah. Mrs. Doubtfire, Peter Pan, Jumanji, that yeah. kind of stuff that I watched as a kid, you know, and I, I was, uh, he was like a, like an icon, you know? Like, and, yeah, and, and, he, and also he was always, like, when the moment, like, even on talk shows, the moment they mentioned he was going to be one of the guests, oh, you're going to have fun. Yeah. You were going to have fun. It was not going to be boring. It was almost like, bring the crazy on. Wait, stop. Let me pop some popcorn. I need to watch this and really you know, savor it. I think it's always when it's such a person that, that has brought so much to the table, that is so kind yeah. of charismatic, that is so unique, that is so talented and so on. It's it's always much harder. Or when they when you have some personal, you yeah. know, let's say connection to this, as I said with Robin Williams, it was mostly because during my whole childhood, I watched him in movies and I was like thinking, oh my God, such an amazing actor, character mm. actor and so on. Uh, I remember out of like some other celebrity deaths, I remember when I heard and you know, kind of, you remember where you were when you hear, mm. heard some news. I remember when I heard the news about Michael Jackson but that's also just because you know when I was a child there was this singer and kind of a celebrity and uh, let's say a lot of like scandals and stories in court and so on Michael Jackson it was like Michael Jackson Michael Jackson mm -hmm. Michael J all the time Michael Jackson then one day there was no more Michael Jackson you know it's just kind of yeah. an end of an era you yeah, know yeah. I would say like for a lot of people older people I would say older than me maybe your generation maybe even older when David Bowie died for example yeah, I, yeah, so I was actually just thinking of Bowie so for me yeah. it wasn't that much because again i yeah. that was kind of more i would say 80s or something people who actively yeah but also i mean for me i mean my, my little side connection was that actually i was in an, an advertisement when i was a kid part of the school we were in an ad promoting his movie labyrinth where oh, he right. played yeah jared so so in a way like, that's why you know david Bowie was like oh I, I promoted his movie in australia me and a bunch of other kids but even then like even with bowie like you know i was like oh man that that sucks because like, you know he was such an entrepreneur and like someone who's breaking the mold, but I still didn't get as as upset as when Robin Williams died. Like I was like, oh man, that sucks. But I didn't get shocked. I didn't freeze with Robin. I freezed. I, well, I just I literally was just jaw dropped wide open. It was like I think what the hell? I think the way also and the, Possibly, the, yeah. the secrecy of yeah. it as well. The fact that you know there was no illness. There was no. He wasn't old or anything. It just came kind of. Out, out of nowhere movie, it yeah. seemed yeah so and then later on we learned that there was an illness and that yeah yeah it but, was almost in response to that and you were just like oh and then after the while i was like oh I, I get why like yeah fair enough like i had i had that kind of shock with uh, but again it's kind of a personal story mm. with chester from lincoln park mm. which was a band that i 
enjoyed so much as a young teen and you know yeah. it was the uh, the same era when i was just growing up and so meanwhile finding... mine was chris cornell just before that sort of thing all oh, right i see yeah, yeah. that's same so chris so cornell it, for me it's it really hit me and uh, yeah. affected me since uh, it's through so many important moments yeah. in my youth i would say right. i i went back to that music and i listened to it and so on and now that person that created all of that that let's say helped me or influenced me so much is gone so i think yeah it's it's more it's harder when you have some kind of and i cannot imagine uh, because obviously a lot of my let's say role models or something in comedy especially mm. are much older than me at this yeah. point so obviously at some point in my life we're gonna lose them as well yeah and yeah. i think uh, that will be yeah. the moments where i will actually feel how influential they were and uh and that's the thing i think it's the influence as well as a big is a big thing like like we were just saying like you know norm mcdonald with his very unique delivery sean was kind of like you know he he was always on those panel shows he was very quick-witted on the fly sort of stuff you know and then you could think of all the other like big greats that people you know on the shoulders that which on which we kind of stand like before that you know we had robin williams you know his unique delivery style he's kind of hyperactive manic sort of you know freaking i don't know yoda on methamphetamine sort of thing running around sort of style and his stand-up he was actually he did have good stand-up i remember i can't remember what the special was it it was a little bit after 2008 something about missiles or something i had it on cd and i i, I probably almost destroyed that cd listening to it over and over and over again it was really funny but he was you know characters voices he could the he was a walking sketch show yeah, i think that's yeah. how i would describe Ron Williams. Like, what's his style of comedy walking one man sketch show he can do it all before that you had like richard pryor from like the 70s sort of thing uh like late 80s from the 60s into the late late 60s early 80s but you know richard pryor he had that confessional style, which is now just ubiquitous. You know, comedians come out and tell you about their true self and make themselves vulnerable and make fun and then throw jokes and things. That's what Richard Pryor was sort of, you know, about. He would blatantly talk about his addictions and the stupid things he did. And, and I remember seeing a special recently of his, like, revisiting it and, and him shooting the car. And, and, and like discussing about him shooting after he had an d- argument with his wife or something and the police coming. And, and him just turning it into, like, a funny little thing like, yep. Oh, that's the car. Yep, think the car's dead or something like that. And, you know, that sort of style. And then before him, you had people uh, like Lenny Bruce, um, you know, one of the originals of, um, well, the other one I forgot to kind of mention on the way there was Bill Hicks when he died in the 90s. And Lenny Bruce, like the the people who, uh, and then, of course, George Carlin. They're the ones who criticize society, criticize the rules, would basically be the one yelling into the night sort of style of comedians. And Lenny Bruce was like getting arrested. He was one of those comedians who decided to go against the, I can't remember, the Committee for Morals and Ethics or something like that in America. Like he would be regularly arrested, put in jail for the night, get out, then go up, get on stage, make another bunch of jokes and then get thrown back in jail because he was breaking those those rules. You know, he was against censorship and basically like, no, he's, he was the one that kind of allowed then Richard Pryor and then allowed George Carlin and Bill Hicks and people like that to just get up and say whatever they wanted and really attack the authority figures. So yeah, it was because of them, like they've all passed, but they're all the ones that we base on, like, you know, that we've grown up standing on in a way 
So, yeah, yeah, I mean, I remember, for example, it's it's when you don't know the context and, uh, you know, with comedians, as we talked about in one of our previous episodes, it's really hard to say what's what's real and what's made up and what's a character and what's the person, etc. So when you watch them on stage, you always see the person, but even more the, the comedian, the character, right? Yeah. The performer. So when you hear about something tragic from their personal life or even when you learn of their death or something, it's always a different, different, let's say, weight to that because you only saw them as that, you know, funny guy with a mic on stage. Yeah, and I yeah. remember when Patrice O'Neill died that when I learned how he died and yeah. then when I rewatched one of the Comedy Central roasts. Yeah. So basically they it, he was on the dais for that roast and I'm I'm Oh, thinking, so they were roasting him. No, no, they were not roasting oh, him. Oh, so they was were it Charlie Sheen? It it might have been the Charlie Sheen. Sheen. One? One, one of those, yeah. one of those maybe maybe trump or something like this like approximately oh, yeah. 10 12 years ago i don't know when yeah. it was and he was there as well and everyone kept making jokes like oh man oh my god you're so fat you're gonna die of diabetes oh man like it's gonna be funny Even he made and, a joke about that at one, yeah, one of the I roasts mean, like he, he was he like he made a bunch of jokes he, he made this, Russ like motherfucker i'm about to die i'm gonna die of diabetes what the hell yeah. is your excuse and he said yeah yeah he made, he, made, he made a bunch of jokes about that even in his yeah. sets and interviews and stuff but mm. then you know when you in in hindsight yeah. when you know that that's how he actually ended up dying out of you know after after a long and and painful illness and and struggle and so on and you watch that and you know obviously not nobody there meant any anything bad with it that's the format yeah, no of it. ill will yeah yeah you, you roast and you make fun and you kind of joke but you know you do feel a bit i would say sad you know yeah. like knowing that this performer this comedian who really took it like a, a champ and like a hero all these jokes and you know he jokes himself that that is the way that he sadly also passed so of course if if anyone maybe took it seriously enough or if these people would even share these kind of things because i know that especially comics some sometimes live in that little shell of comedy and well it was like you're saying about the cancer before that neither norm nor sean told anyone about yeah it. Like so they, they would rather joke about it and and yeah. die the way they lived you know as as yeah. comedians than as some kind of victims and and sob stories and, and and so on so that's why i think it's it's pretty hard for usually for comics to even admit that something is wrong and f to ask for help and things like this yeah. but i wanted to ask a question so seeing that we're discussing people who really made their mark right yeah. and uh, as you said they kind of paved the way for yeah. a lot of modern day comics and not only comics that have made it at our own tv or or selling out arenas and stuff but even for people like, like us who do small shows in local clubs but surely there would be no comedy scene in moscow russia which started maybe 10 years ago here if there were no you know carlins and and uh priors and and williams's of comedy in mm. the states or in britain or somewhere else where it all started where it was the cradle of this art let's say right so right. obviously Oh, so we finally success. decided it's it's we're, we're admitting that it's art and not just craft or ass right well whatever you, yeah that's called a callback ladies and gentlemen it's when you refer back to a previous thing from a comedy set except this time we're doing it with the previous episode just yeah so look up the episode where we discuss what is comedy really <laughs> how and how to define it and uh, david kept calling himself a craftsman <laughs> so uh, if i remember right so basically based on everything that they've created they've contributed they've the, their their work amounted to right and resulted mm -hmm. in the possibility of us performing in english in moscow for example right uh, so stand-up has 
grown to such size and, and to that extent that it's now a well-known art form. People enjoy it. People pay to see it. Half of Netflix is stand-up, etc. So what do you think? Is it still possible to leave such a huge mark for the future generations of comics? Or it was just because that was the time where comedy just was starting and it was, you know, like a big thing to to be the first, let's say, uh, comic that would speak openly about some things. If you were the first comic that uh, made big in Hollywood, you were the first, yeah. you know what I mean? Do you think that our generation, co comedians of our generation will also have this potential of being so big, influential and actually making a difference and, and leaving a f huge gap once they're, once they're gone? Yep. I think we can. <laughs> All okay. right. Uh, no, very, I will continue. Very, very no. structured answer, David. <laughs> yeah. You understand uh, how yeah. podcasts work. <laughs> this is not like a yes or no oh. type of conversation. You want examples no. or something? No, I want your uh, opinion. opinion. Yeah. I want your opinion. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I, I do think we can because, I mean, each generation, someone has done something that has broken the mold. I mean, like I said before, Lenny Bruce, he talked about censored topics, like something that the government was censoring. Now, because of him, comedians can pretty much say whatever they want. And then you had Richard Pryor in, 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 the, in some countries. Yeah. Then in the 70s, you have Richard Pryor, for example, and then also George Carlin. Carlin continuing on with the let's criticize the, the big man. Richard Pryor doing the same thing and also speaking very personal perspectives, you know, talking about what it was like to be a black man in America, like not hiding it, not trying to, you know, smile and keep it under wraps, but making fun of it but also making people aware of the struggles and his personal struggles. So, you know, that's why they're known, because they were pushing boundaries. They did new things. Um, Steve Martin now, so he's alive. To go with the general well, theme, it doesn't matter if you're see, dead or let's alive. Let's see when we publish this episode. <laughs> yeah. I, I watched his masterclass on Masterclass, and the one advice, like the big advice that he gives, the first thing he does, is like, look at what everyone else is doing and then do the opposite. Do something different. And that's how he made a name for it. Like, even if you don't like his style of comedy, and I generally don't, like, I mean, his general comedy is fine, but he was stand-up stuff that made him, like, break out. I, no, not my cup of tea, really. It was just weird and, and hacky a little bit and stuff like that. But now when I watched it again and when he was discussing it, I could see what he was doing. And, yeah, he was just doing something new. He was pretty much doing what Lenny Bruce was doing, but in the opposite direction. Because at the time there was things like the Vietnam War, civil rights, all that sort of thing, he was doing the opposite where then he was taking away the focus from the politics and letting people escape. He was about true escapism and making himself to be a jerk, kind of an arrogant jerk who had no right to be arrogant, which was sort of like a representation of all these mm, kind of I-know-it-all people sort of thing. So... That's, he did something new and that's, that's the thing. And there's always someone doing that. There's always, someone, and all the way through, like, you know, your, your Owen Williams, your Bill Hicks, and, and, you know, you had your Eddie Murphy's, your Chris Rocks. Now with Norm Macdonald and things like that, you know, him doing his kind of style, Emo Phillips, uh, who's still around uh, these days, still doing jokes and stuff, but, you know, he's weird abstract, you know, you got your Patton Oswalt's, all these guys, the alternative comedy scene, which then eventually becomes mainstream or just comedy, you know what I mean? So I think yeah, we'll but, always do. So, I mean, who knows? Maybe someone will do something. Maybe you'll do something. Maybe I'll do something. And we'll find a certain, like, persona or a certain way of doing comedy that people will look at and then they'll copy. Yeah, I mean, what I'm trying to say is uh, even these examples that, that you've mentioned, they were mostly kind of 70s, 80s, 90s. But, I, then that, but I mean, everything moves on. Like, you know, like Norm MacDonald would be 2000s. You know, yeah, that sort okay, of style. Fair. So I'm just saying each generation, each new era, we get something new. 
Yeah, I'm just saying like now I think it's much harder to be the first one doing something, the one to break the mold because all the molds have been broken, rebuilt, I disagree. and, and broken again. I disagree. Again. I bet they've already been broken. I disagree with that. I, I just think that we, if there's, the point is that you can't break a mold until you discover the mold. And there are still molds that maybe are still to be discovered that we just haven't found yet. The other reason why we can't imagine it is because we haven't discovered them yet. Maybe, maybe we still have our potential to, you know, to leave our mark. But uh, also, is it something that, because, you know, what I aspire to as mm -hmm. a comedian, we talked about this already many times about why, why, why we do comedy, mm -hmm. right? And I always keep saying and keep coming back to the fact that I do comedy so I can just make people laugh. Like, I feel yeah. that that's kind of my, let's say, mission, right? It's yeah. just to make people feel good, to make people laugh, to make people forget about their real life and struggles and problems and issues and whatever. And they just have a good hour, two hours, mm -hmm. you know, whatever of entertainment. I'm an entertainer. I'm just, yeah. you know, like a jester. Yeah, I'm just there to, to fill people's lives with some joy. Yeah, whatever. That's how I see myself. You know, I'm not there to, if I can, of course, say something smart, if I can say something wise, if I can, you know, influence people to do something right or good or whatever. Yeah, of course, I would like that. But at the end of it all, I would just say that I'm there to make people laugh. Yep. But if I make people, if I make enough people laugh and if I really help people and so on, and one day when I'm gone, mm -hmm. if people would be like, oh yeah, I miss that guy. He used to make me laugh. Yeah. I think that's in professional terms, that's what I aspire to, to, to be, to, to end up being, right? Uh, yeah. That there will be some kind of, you know, because I think we have very limited time on this, on this earth and uh, in this yeah. life. And I think the, the main people kind of strive to, let's say, accumulate a lot of wealth or something like this, you know, live a comfortable life or something like this. Of course, I would yep. love all of that. But what I would really like, you know, people still kind of talk about, I don't know, Tesla. Yeah, he's still. I think once a day, somewhere in the world, someone talks about him. So yeah. you're never really dead if you're still, you know, relevant. Right. right. Are, you, are you? Have you been watching that cartoon movie with the afterlife? The the one that's based on Mexican sort of folklore sort of thing with the Day of the Dead. Not in the last four Coco? years. That's it, Coco. Have you have you watched Coco recently? Uh, I've watched Coco when it came out, but that's okay. not the. Okay. Yeah. It just sounds like you were you were telling us the plot about that. Like you want to you want to make sure that you survive into the afterlife of Coco, the Coco afterlife. Like the, as long as someone remembers my name, I will be able to continue into the afterlife and have a good time. Yeah, but isn't that you know because that's that's what I would really like to have that you know I record my special for example one two five doesn't matter and in ten years because I'm sure that people still watch I don't know Robin Williams's oh, special yeah. people still watch hey, George, I just saw Richard George Pryor Carlin. literally like a couple of months ago yeah people are gonna watch yeah. like Sean Locke's uh, clips on YouTube forever and if yeah. you for some of the listeners, if you don't know, maybe these people that we are talking about, definitely check out a few clips of Sean Locke, one of my favorite ever, the funny, one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life is uh, Sean Locke's clip when he's a guest on a big fat quiz of the year, mm -hmm. which is a yearly kind of panel quiz on uh, Channel 4 in, in Britain, where they gather comics and other celebrities to answer questions about that year. And uh, also they each year have a little kind of play by an elementary school where they show some event that happened that year and comics are supposed to guess what it was and Sean's reaction to those kids and to that to that play is just so hilarious it's one of the you know funniest 
improvised kind of witty just uh, grumpy old man comments i've ever seen in my life and it's just brilliant so this kind of stuff you know i will i think and plus carrot in a box just watch carrot in the box i will not say anything more than carrot in the box that's a clip that i think everyone who likes comedy needs to see carrot in the box it's just comedy genius it's just brilliant piece of tv so you know those kind of things uh i follow a couple of subreds on reddit mm -hmm. where people talk about comedy and panel shows and this kind of stuff and these clips they turn up even before sean was gone and now it's kind of you know something that we have uh some kind of memory of a legend right yeah. but even while he was alive and and you know people were not aware that he was ill or anything these kind of clips would uh, come up there i would say once a month or something like this someone would share this and be like let's all rewatch this magnificent hilarious clip of this man just being brilliant at comedy and this is i think the end exact goal. words of people who who are about to hit the play button on that yeah and i think this is the end goal you know for people long after you're gone yeah. for people to come back to watch your bits watch your sets watch your special watch your whatever you participated in listen yeah. to your uh, podcast people so mm -hmm. download these episodes so you have them once we're gone in about uh well david in about what are you 60 now in about yeah yeah, yeah. a few years, few years, few years yeah so talking about that dead or alive so it doesn't have to be dead dead or alive which on whose shoulders do you stand on the most do you think which comedian would be the one that you lean on the most who's on whose on whose shoulders you stand on the most I mean, I know there's a huge group and you'd be a little bit of this, a little bit of that, but on whose shoulders do you stand on the most? I can't say that there is some specific or particular comedian that I could say is my like influence or that I mm. watch this comic a lot and I, let's say, started copying or trying to mimic what they were doing or something like this that I've learned from them or whatever. I've seen just too many comics in too many different formats, not only stand-up, but just a bunch of different stuff and I can't really pinpoint who would be my influence but I can say I can answer a little bit different question who would I really miss I mm. think like okay. if they okay, go with once that. once they're gone who I would really miss in a sense I would be like oh my god he was such a big part of my comedy journey let's say yeah and that would definitely be first of all Ricky Gervais mm. because his first like his old specials were some of the first full-length specials I watched and I remember thinking how can a person like write jokes how does this material yeah. appear you know how can you how can you perform it so effortlessly and how can you be yeah. so natural and and then like in addition to his stand-up also his movies and tv shows and so on that are also brilliant and one of them actually afterlife actually talks about loss and dealing with that when a person that's yeah. important to you passes away and this kind of stuff so that's why i think i would really be like oh my god we don't have this brilliant entertainer anymore among us so him i think uh, jimmy carr as well again they're both kind of very cliche comics i think very kind of go-to but yeah. again I, I watched jimmy i mean he's basically in everything that's on british tv yeah. so if you turn on tv you'll see jimmy carr and i do consume a lot of british so basically TV. you're saying that when jimmy carr leaves us that basically british tv is just going to collapse I, i'm pretty sure they're going to find a new host <laughs> for everything that appears on tv but yeah since i started with his old specials as well and the shows like distraction or whatever it was called there was this show i think on 
Channel 4 as well, if I'm not mistaken, maybe mm -hmm. on Dave, uh, where he was a host. It was one, one of his first gigs. It was a show where contestants, just some random people uh, who applied for the show, had to answer questions, but while being distracted by different things. For example, being electro-shocked, uh, mm. being like kind of on a toilet. So they had to, if they knew the answer, they had to pee uh -huh. to, to trigger the buzzer to answer the question and oh, this kind of okay. stuff. So we, they were yeah. literally on the toilet. So, you know, it was like a, the show where contestants were constantly distracted while answering some questions to win a car and this kind of stuff. But anyways, I've seen him <laughs> in so many things and he's been, since I started watching comedy at maybe like 15, 16, yeah. up until now, he's constantly kind of been in things yeah. to, to that extent that one he, once he stops being even the big fat quiz of the year that I mentioned that he hosts every year for the last, I don't know, 15 years, once that program is over because there is no one to host it or maybe he's replaced with someone i would be like oh my god there is no more jimmy carr yeah. so it's just i wouldn't say that they influenced me and my style and my comedy personally but they have always been you know like like the yeah. queen like you know that says like for my whole life there's yeah. only been one queen of england Right? Not of England. She's not like... even your queen. You're from Croatia. No, what the hell do you care? Just... You, don't get, you don't have the same relation to the Swedish monarchy, do you? Yeah, but that's because, like, first of all, I'm pretty sure a Swedish monarch changed like 11 times during my lifetime. And also, it's not like a thing that, you know, is in every movie, on banknotes, on whatever. You're like, there is only one, you know, queen. Pretty of... sure. Aren't they on the Swedish banknotes? I mean, it would yeah, make but, sense. Yeah, but Swedish banknotes are not, you know, I don't use Swedish banknotes. Do you use well, British pounds that much? Not that much, but they're like, uh, you know. When was the last time you were in Britain? How often do you go? Every year? Listen, that's not the point. It's like, you know, the the Pope, the Queen, <laughs> the President of the United States. Like, the there, are few, own money. there are a few kind of, you know, pers personalities, characters, people. <laughs> characters. Oh, the Pope. He's such a character. Oh, they're, my God. They're characters as well because they're also <laughs> playing that role to an extent. They're not real people. <laughs> They yeah. are. Hey, Pope, look, between you and me, we know this whole Jesus thing is bullshit, right? But the Bible is fake. We all know this, right? I know you're but playing a role. I just role. want to say, yeah, you're just playing a role. I just want to say, loving it, though. You are nailing it. You are nailing it, dude. Keep it up. Love you. <laughs> I mean, if you're trying to say that these kind of people that I mentioned, the US president, the queen, the pope, that everything they say is completely raw, uncensored, unproduced, and so on, you're definitely mistaken because it's all <laughs> been through thousands of filters of... PR, consultants, oh, media, that. whatever. So, so all of them are characters, basically. We don't know their, We don't know what's Pope's true opinion on abortion. You what, know what I mean? What is Pope's? That's his name now. What is Pope's new... Hey, Pope. Pope's. That's, that's his, his title. Pope Pope's. That's his title. The Pope. The Pope. Yeah. So, He's yeah, the Pope. So that's, that's what I'm saying. I mean, there, there are some comedy icons. There are some comedy legends that are... I mean, they're still alive, but they've been such a fundamental part of my journey through comedy that once they're gone, I'll definitely feel that difference. Yeah. So who is Elizabeth has cracked some zingers. God, we're going to miss her when That's she goes. not her. Ricky <laughs> and Jimmy and so on. Her, like, I just gave an example that in other spheres of my life, David Beckham, Cristiano Ronaldo, Eminem, you know, they're like living legends who've made a huge mark in what they do. And yeah. once they're gone, I'll be like, oh my God, there is no more Eminem in our world. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, so that's, that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. So, okay. In comedy, who was... Who, who is that for you? Maybe they're gone. Maybe they're still around. Ooh, one like, of them is actually close. Uh, I think he's still with us, but close to, to going because of health issues, unfortunately. Billy Connolly. Billy Connolly was a big one. Like the whole family watching him. Or Mel Brooks. Mel Brooks, when he goes, oish, oish, that's going to be my second Robin Williams for sure. 
that is going to hit me hard. Uh, even now, like when I see him, like I saw him in com- com- comedians in cars getting coffee with Jerry. Se- Jerry Seinfeld goes to see Rob Rob Reiner, I think it is, and then him and and Mel actually have dinner with each other every night. Like they are still old buddies. They live down the street from each other. They visit. They eat dinner together, watch TV and stuff. They're like the old couple, odd couple. Just think they were doing the old man bit back in like the sixties or whatever, and they're still best mates. Anyway, so. And when I saw him there, you know, he looks so old and he's so frail. And half of it, and he's such an old man. Like, he's sitting there and he's like, what? What? Like, what's going on here? Like, what are you two yabbering about? And oh, I just was watching kind of going, hold on, Mel. Just hold on, buddy. Just, you can't leave Please us. Stay. I'm not ready. I'm not ready, dude. So, Mel Brooks would be one. Uh, Billy Connolly would be, yeah, another one. Um, and then I guess people sort of like um, Eddie Izzard. I guess, like, I really admire, like, his, the stuff that he's done there, Eddie Izzard, uh, because of that surrealist sort of, I don't know, it's, he's, the, I think he's one of those also avant-garde ones, like, you know, he created a certain, he created his own little mold there of his own unique style of talking about history, but in a, in a very light-hearted way, but it's serious topics like genocide murders and, and, and inquisitions and, you know, turning it all about cake. So, yeah, I would say those guys. All right. So I think with with this, mm-hmm. I think we can wrap up this episode. We the, the final thing I want to say is that it's obviously huge loss and uh, sad news every time a comedian dies. But just the fact that even we are talking about them and so on, I still think that that's an amazing thing that they've accomplished, that they've made two guys, one Australian, one Croatian, in the center of Moscow, made a podcast about them. I think if once I'm gone, if there would be two comedians from... Don't worry, you will be one day. No, no, I know. I know I'll be gone. The, just the only question is, will anyone notice? Yeah. That's the real yeah, question. Yeah. So yeah. if if once I'm, I'm gone, there are two comedians in Thailand, mm-hmm. one from Iceland and one from Zimbabwe talking about me, I'll consider myself successful, successful, mm. successful comedian. And uh, to the rest of you, thank you so much for listening. I've been Igor Monday. And I've been David Munoz. And leave your comments and uh, requests for our new topics on our social media. Facebook. We've actually got it. Woohoo! Yeah, we got Facebook, Instagram. And Twitter. And Twitter. So you can leave comments or requests for new topics there. Mm-hmm. And if you would like to support us and help us in developing this, investing yep. a bit more in our equipment, in our promotion and so on, you can also donate to our Patreon. Everything is linked on all of our media where we post the episodes. Thank yes. you once more. And we will hear you again on the Comedy Kiosk. Goodbye. Ciao.